Hi, and welcome to Night Clerk Radio. This is episode 61, New Office Wave, or possibly Office Soft. Uh, anyways, it's a, it's a genre of music defined <laughs> by its relation to office and business music. We'll explain that in a little bit. With me, as always, is my co-host, Burke. How are you doing? I'm good. Great. I, I hope you're feeling very <laughs> productive today. I am. I know a lot more about office life than the last time we recorded one of these episodes. So, Oh, yeah. Yeah. I guess not really, though, because I'm remote, but I'll yeah. pretend I do. <laughs> That's everyone else does. That's right. So uh, just a reminder, I am doing a Kickstarter for Ludo Narrative Dissidents, a tabletop RPG review podcast. We're doing a Kickstarter for, to, to pay for season two. We've met our main goal, but we're trying to reach some stretch goals so we can do more episodes, review more games, talk about more game mechanics. Uh, it's a lot of fun. You get rewards. Uh, there'll be a link in the show notes. So, yeah, if you're curious, all season one is available to listen to so you can get a sense of what that's like. So if you like tabletop RPGs, uh, if you want to learn more about them, that would be a podcast to check out. Also, uh, we're in issue seven of Visual Signals, which is available now both in print and in PDF form. You can read it in your browser. You could order a copy through Amazon and, and read it in Meet Space. And I have an article in there. You do. I go to Spliff Radio, which is a YouTube channel uh, that does visual mixtapes, visual mixes of Vaporwave. And they're they're very, very, there's only three on the channel, but they're all <laughs> really good. And use Spliff Radio as sort of like, my thoughts on the idea of the Vaporwave visual mixtape in general. That's right. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. And I think you're working on an article for them, possibly. In the yeah, I I misunderstood some of the due date okay. stuff. So, yes, yeah, so I wanted to do something on like Vaporwave and cinema and organizing some of those thoughts of like, well, when we say a piece of media is or is not Vaporwave, what do we actually mean? Like we've talked about on the show, it's just a little sloppy sometimes. Like. Mm-hmm. Whether or not something's vaporwave, so do that, and then kind of tongue in cheek apply that vaporwave analysis to uh, early '90s straight to TV movie The Tower with Paul Reiser. Yeah, that's the broad uh, plan. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Which, if you never heard of that movie, not many people have. Uh, it's available on YouTube, and uh, it's very good and very vaporwave. <laughs> so it's extremely vaporwave. It is. Uh, it, it is actually pretty known in the vaporwave community. I think I mentioned this in the uh, essay or article that it is actually. Uh, stills from it are used as covers to some some vaporwave albums because it does have a very like liminal empty office space which transitions nicely into what we're mm-hmm. talking about today because it is corporate it is corporate vaporwave and it's very much a vaporwave movie too because the hero literally yeah. uses music to uh save the day that's uh, true he does he does fight the evil computer ai with a midi version of uh, <laughs> bad moon rising yeah so <laughs> It's, yeah, they, they yeah. had the rights for one song, and they're got they're got <laughs> the a melody for it. one song. Not even the song you only hear it in synth form. Uh, it's very good. Uh, so yeah, and speaking of, of midis and, and corporations, uh, we we should talk about the genre we're looking at today, uh, which has That's been right. called many names: uh, Office Wave uh, or Office Soft, kind of like Mall Soft, but for the office. Mm. This is a very, very small genre, but there are, there are a couple dozen albums at a minimum on Bandcamp of not just Plunderphonics, but actually original compositions. Mm. And it's music to me, uh, when I think of this, this genre, I think of like, it's the music of business. And it's the music that business uses, as, mm-hmm. like it's the music that business chooses to use to present itself to the world. And it's the music that... Uh, 
of business presentations, sales pitches, uh, instructional videos. It's it emphasizes like progress and productivity and efficiency and a positive mindset. So it's it's the mu- music equivalent of business motivational books and uh, courses, I think, in a lot of ways. It's the same mindset. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I had to do a little bit of genre expectation jumping for this episode because the first time we talked about corporate vaporwave, this type of music, mm-hmm. was way back episode 16 where we did music core, mm-hmm. where we did corporate mixtape, which is a Donovan Hikaru and Cat System Core project. And then we did a Prism Core Virtual Enterprises, which I feel like is related to a Vectroid. Yeah, that sounds right. And that is more of what I thought we were getting with these, honestly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it turns out to not be the case because the earlier episode we did, that music is very, uh, we called it the music of boredom, right? It's very <laughs> yeah. meant to like not inspire anything in you in like a good way. And I equated it to being, uh, we always talk about like dualities in, in Vaporwave. So that was like the Mallsoft slash corporate. It was like corporate Mallsoft. Mm-hmm. And it's like the production side of music to engage in the consumption side. That was basically the point that we made in that episode. Yeah. Yeah, but this is very different. This is like you said, this is jingles and branding and yeah. <laughs> like the music of, of advertisement. It's interesting because it's a lot more interesting than I thought. Like it's, it's music to at least grab you not to be totally ignored, mm-hmm. but not so obtrusive that it distracts you from being advertised to. Yeah. And the way that manifests, <laughs> I, I think a lot of this stuff actually has like really interesting musical complexity. And I almost Mm -hmm. equate these types of things to like bored jazz musicians who like have to do this to pay the bills. Yeah. Yeah. There is a bit of jazz in it. Yeah. Like there is, there's like interesting chord choices. One of the tracks on your album has some like slight proggy metric modulation stuff, which is like where you imply a time signature or feel or meter. That's kind of different from what you're just playing, but without really changing it. Mm hmm which is what causes some of those shifts in the last track of your album, which we'll, we'll talk about. Yeah. And then, yeah, in my album, there's like, uh, my album is even different though, because it doesn't really feel like music of advertising. Yeah. I think there's a difference between like the music you would hear in an ad meant to be put on TV or meant for major public consumption. And mm-hmm. a lot of what I think of business music, which is music made for like, more specific things like like a sales pitch to uh, in potential investors or to uh, showing off the quarterly profits to a board of directors mm-hmm. or like just motivating your your employees, your manager. And you need to get your employees to sign off on this new plan you have for the for the your division. And it, it's sort of like more internal focused or more focused approach than just throwing it out to the public. So I guess the, 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 for me, the key phrase would be like a corporate utopia. Like it, that's the idea. And it's, it's getting into more than just sales. They really believe this stuff. Like this is ideology. Like this is like, they really do think that like increased productivity and efficiency and everything else brings about utopia. Like that's the whole point mm-hmm. of everything is to, to be more productive. Mm-hmm. And, and they really like they, they, the people who, own corporations and run corporations actually have beliefs and hopes and dreams. And like, this is it. This is what they, this mm-hmm. is how, how it sounds like. And what's also interesting about this music, if you think about how it's distributed, it's almost never put out to the public. It's actually like mm. 
sold as stock music or royalty free mm-hmm. music. Uh, it's done in libraries. Get 10 hours of this music, you know, for two hundred dollars. <laughs> and the, the track, the artists are unknown. Largely, uh, the track names are changed between different offerings, you know, like it's. Again, it's part of that, like in Marxism, it would be like reification, mystification. It's like <laughs> this stuff just came out of the ether. Don't worry about it. It's just we're, we're uh, don't worry about how it was produced or who produced it. it. It's produced. All right. Now focus on the thing we're trying to sell you about how our uh-huh. stocks are going to go up. You know, our new miracle <laughs> product. You, if you just invest in us, it's going to go great. Yeah. So what I really like about it. I don't know. Like what, what, what did you really like these albums or? uh? Yes. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. I actually, I did. I, um, not all of all of them, but like I found them very interesting, I guess is what I would say. I like the idea that, uh, both these albums, as, as far as I can tell are original compositions. And so you have artists who are working in the vaporwave genres and synthwave who, I've heard enough of this stuff because you all hear it, even if you're at a low level, like, you know, employee training videos mm-hmm. and watching like people posting sales pitches of the Microsoft office from like, you know, 1994. And you're like, oh, wow, this is really cool. Yeah. And so now they're so it's all around us. We it's as this ambiguous thing that we can't really place a name to. But now they're like distilling it into original music for albums and kind of like making fun of it, but also like, Oh, this is like, we, we really want to explore and really put a, 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 you know, a spotlight on this music that tries very hard not to be spotlighted. Like it is, it's meant to be there, but not. And especially I think now where you do have, where you do have access to this old media, because mm-hmm. in the nineties, when this would have been popularized, I mean, I was, I was, I was 10, right? So like, yeah. I wasn't watching corporate videos, but now I can go on YouTube and I can watch like, uh, and make fun of, here's an Excel ad from 1993. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, the one that was grabbed by the algorithm like a week or two ago, the two guys in the elevator. Yep. Yep. That's and what I was like, thinking of. <laughs> yeah. We got to make a report for the boss. Don't uh-huh. worry. Excel can add up five numbers <laughs> for you. <laughs> yeah. Stuff like that, that type of stuff. Uh, I'm, I can be like re-exposed to all that. Or there's the famous... Uh, like the cast of Friends teaches you how to use Windows. Mm-hmm. Yeah. One, or, or at least it's like Matt LeBlanc, I think, and Jennifer Aniston. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. Rachel and Chandler, basically. Uh, yeah. Fucking Bill Gates makes a, a guest appearance, I think, or something like that. I don't know. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so, but the I guess the point is like that being in modern media culture lets you relive all of that. Like it doesn't mm-hmm. never really has to go away. Yeah, but we don't really have stuff earlier. Like, I really don't know, except for like coronet type films that were preserved. I don't really know what it was like too much before that. Yeah, like yeah, business. The the sound of business in the 60s, 50s through the like. I mean, you probably the the, the sound of business music didn't really exist until after World War Two. I yeah. would guess. Uh, and then and I have some rough yeah. idea of what it's like of like those little like violin like playful little violin sweeps is like mm-hmm. little Timmy learns to look both ways that type of stuff. Uh, yeah, if you get into the older library music, you know, the Populex, the, 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 the car of the future from Ford, you know, World's Fair kind of stuff. And uh, but I think with once cheap synthesizers came out and got really available to everybody and, and, and uh, session musicians figured out how to use them and 
they started cranking out like libraries of music and business. Oh, wow, this is cheap. 20 hours of music I can use for all my presentations. I got to use this. It sounds futuristic and cool and slick. There's always that blend of like ruthless salesmanship, but also naivety about culture, like in uh, this Mm -hmm. style of product, of cultural product, whatever you want to call it, you know. So, yeah, it's uh, really cool to see musicians really meditating on this and like making albums outside of business. It's just like, here's an actual album of this stuff. (laughs) Yeah. I really just want to talk about them. All right. I think all my remaining points have to do with the music. (laughs) Let's dive in. was a clip of yes we're open track one from tomorrow's corporate culture today by branding solutions incorporated which is another alias of tronic dx7 listed as a professor of mediology on the other band uh i just noticed that it's very good they've had a couple of albums labeled as synthwave and vaporwave i haven't listened to them but you know they, they i noticed this album uh, because of a promotional video Tronic DX7 posted onto the Vaporwave Reddit, which we'll link that video in the show notes. But it's done perfectly as this like, hey, do you need the music of tomorrow now? You know, like mm-hmm. uh, it's a two minute like late night infomercial about how you need this business music. It's done with like stock footage of uh, meetings and stuff like that. And it's extremely good. And so, <laughs> yeah, it is, let's see, listed as smooth jazz, vaporwave, mall soft, retro wave, <laughs> a lot of tags on it, on the, mm-hmm. on the Bandcamp page. So uh, I, I quite like this album. It's only six tracks. It's not very long. Uh, what do you think, Burke? I liked it a lot. Right, right from the beginning, just sort of reviewing what I wrote down. The first track immediately had me thinking about a point from our last episode, which is like, musical semiotics or like, what do you associate with certain sounds? Mm-hmm. Because I actually thought that that track, if you gave me no context, so you didn't tell me the artist name, mm-hmm. didn't give me a track name, gave me no album cover, whatever. I would actually probably guess that it was like an N64 soundtrack homage. Yeah. Yeah. I can um, see that. Which is of the kind of the same era mm-hmm. of mid nineties, um, which had me had a fun game in my mind of like, guess that genre. <laughs> Yeah, like the clip we I put in, I really like because, you know, the, the track starts with like this really like hopeful kind of synth piano. But, you know, to me, mm-hmm. I was thinking like PBS, like kids show credit sequence, mm-hmm. like opening or end credits, very structured. And then like when we get the sample, it, it just goes in with this fucking organ. And I was like, hell yeah, this is great. Like a synth organ like playing just kind of mm-hmm. a lot of fun. Yeah, exactly. Um, and then like track two 
moves into a bit closer to what I was expecting, which is like elevator Muzaki, mm-hmm. like your pretty standard, like gentrified Latin percussion, mm-hmm. like a bossa nova, but not quite. Yeah, it kind of sounds like a like a xylophone or something's coming in like 30 seconds or something. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's it's a bit jazzy, but yeah, it's very elevator music. Yeah, uh, it's very, very 60s, like Latin jazz. Mm-hmm. Then track three is interesting because mm-hmm. we always talk about uh, ripping off Vangelis in the context of Blade Runner. Mm-hmm. But this is ripping off Vangelis in the context of Chariots of Fire. <laughs> yeah, I didn't make that connection. I was just like, ooh, field recordings. We got yeah. the seagulls at the beach. Like, yeah. So like this is already already how you separate this from like music cores. Like there's like both albums have field recording kind of stuff in mm-hmm. it. Like specifically yeah. beach, because you want that like zit calmness <laughs> and everything. Uh, yeah, exactly. But I just thought that some of the synth lead stuff that comes in, like a minute and a half in, reminded me of like chariots of fire type mm-hmm. sound. <laughs> so I was like, oh, we don't we don't get a lot of that. We always get the Blade Runner. CSAD Evangelist, never the. That's that's true. That's very true. Never the all the other music he made that's very famous, but no one ever references. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's that very triumphant. Like I really want to use your software. It makes me excited <laughs> to be alive. Type stuff. <laughs> yeah, uh, now track four, I I really liked. Uh, it's called Industrial Chic, but I got mm-hmm. like it's got a very midi like eighties nineties sound to it. But I really liked like that synth kind of flute coming in there. Because that's very like, yeah, we're talking about the environment and the forest mm-hmm. in this. When when you have that flute sound in there. Like, oh, yeah. Yeah. That is shots of seagulls free from oil spills. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's, that's just what we're what cleaning up. We, we have yeah, to. We, yeah. 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 The world is our our we our duty to protect the world, and that's why we're donating five percent of our profits to clean up seagulls from the beach. Uh, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, the opening of track four is is real nice. I love the the little bit of woodwind and like mm-hmm. opening strings and stuff. Yeah, mm-hmm. and that's what I'm talking about. Of like this type of music, even in when it's not like a ironic album. I don't know how ironic this is. I'm just going to assume it is. Sorry if it's not. Oh yeah, I would. I mean, from the the promo promo video, I would assume so. Yeah, yeah, that's right. There's the promo video you mentioned. Like it is one of those things where it's still it's still interesting, yeah. even though it's not meant to be. Like that's a good example of that. Mm-hmm. I think though, uh, track five is got the greatest title of any song mm-hmm. I've seen in a long time. Times New Roman, which is basically the perfect title for an office soft song. I can't think of one, but it's very jazzy and kind of like a PBS again. Like I was, I kept thinking PBS. So I thought like this would be in place in like where in the world is Carmen San Diego, the, the kids show. But yeah, it, it, a lot of fun. That's a good pull. Yeah. I was trying to to think of where it was. Cause at first I was like, Oh, it's like, like jazz playing at an Applebee's brunch. But that <laughs> felt, that yeah. felt mean. Yeah. That felt like a little harsh. Uh, yeah. It's interesting, but it is like yeah. that pacified noir. Dad's a jazz musician, but he doesn't want to freak his kids out with some Miles Davis or anything. And so, like, let, let, let's just play something that they're like, huh, huh? You want to get into jazz, yeah. right? Yeah. Come on, kids. Yeah, uh, there's that. But I do think I, I, I do think it's like slightly pseudo dark noir. I think that's actually mm-hmm. which is why Carmen Sandiego is a good pull. It's like, let's go gum shoes. <laughs> got to find out where in yeah. South America. Uh, CIA sent Carmen Sandiego. I don't know. <laughs> I really like though uh, our second sample uh is going to be for the last uh track mm. i'll have those reports done by monday which is also a very good song 
So I find that really interesting uh, and hopefully you can say a little more, but I really like how it, it's it's going up and then sliding back down the scales. It sounds like uh, mm. I thought it is a very intricately structured song, a little more complex than I would have anticipated from this album. Yeah, this is the one where I'm probably overanalyzing it because so much of what we listen to does not get <laughs> analysis. But um, that that sort of what you call interesting slow down and, and speed up is what I, I think it's like uh, could be considered metric modulation, mm-hmm. which, like I said, in the intro is, is when you imply a time signature or feel other than what's being played for like a brief period. And I think that's what's happening is I think the meter, the metric feels just changing to something more like quarter note triplets from like eighth notes. So it feels slightly longer okay to get yeah. to get through a phrasing so this is like a trick you hear in a lot of like prog and jazz where uh. they'll they'll play something uh like three four but then also at times make it sound like 12 eight and stuff like you kind of you just shift kind of your ride and where your your accent beat is for like a measure or two and it feels different but mm-hmm. you never really left where you were you just kind of displaced it and shifted it around uh, okay so yeah, no, it's it's very interesting musically. Uh, mm-hmm. It's still in place, though, with the, the, this uh, the theme of this album. So I, I thought that was a really fun way to end the album. And again, this is a this is a short album. Like, I kind of want to I want to hear more. I would love to hear like a longer album in this vein, but uh, or from this artist, because I think they're really onto something. But yeah, and, and this is a brand new album. It came out yeah. uh, June 25th, 2022. So. I really like that artists are like making this music like right now. Yeah. Both these albums are, are very recent, which I thought was another interesting coincidence that they kind of both came out at the same time Mm -hmm. or close enough. Um, And speaking of our second album. From the middle of track four, Edutainment Software, off the album Virtual Dreams by VirtualSoft Home. VirtualSoft Home itself being a collaboration between Corporate Realities, aka Chiba City Blues. So we're deep into the Vaporwave uh, aliases here. Mm-hmm. And, and Polyglot, who worked together to create this sort of seven-track album. There's a handful of collaborations. I think they each contributed a few tracks and then a few joint tracks based on the credits in the title. So for example, track four was a collaboration between the two of them. And I, I picked this one as kind of the transition track because I think of all the tracks on this album, it's kind of the most like sterile corporate feelingy mm-hmm. of them, which is like very mellow, very mellow synth, but like kind of still an interesting baseline as like your, your glue to kind of keep you going through all the, the rest of it. Mm-hmm. And then it's kind of 
not generic, but but very corporate, like these big synth EPNO like exciting pieces, but still has some noticeable complexity. Yeah. Oh, like sure. towards the end, there's um there's a key change and like some harsher synths come in. But yeah. overall this album to talk about broadly is is advertised as um I don't want concept albums can be a strong word, but yeah, it's like moving through a, a virtual world where only your imagination is the limit to read the, uh, the liner notes. The cover art is, uh, very yep. good. Yeah. So That's what I was about to talk about, okay, so sorry. Uh, no, don't be. Yeah. So it's heavily inspired by mid nineties, Microsoft aesthetic, mm-hmm. very windows 3.1. So the, the cover art in is exactly what I was going to say. I, I think I wrote in my notes in Carta looking ass cover, <laughs> I think is my, my technical analysis. It's credited as Mysterian Flow by Splitsaber.exe. But yeah, it's like stairs and a wavy piano and an hourglass and a globe. A mm-hmm. uh, little Microsoft logo, Windows 95 and Windows 3.1 branding and stuff on it. Uh, it very much looks like something in middle school that I would have fired up. And that's that's the whole album. I feel like it is overall less ad-focused, I, I mentioned in the intro. Than your album, it feels yeah. like a little less tongue in cheek about that. Like I, mm-hmm. I do think it, it sticks more to this like virtual imagination type. By the way, I looked it up on the I looked up edutainment on the Consumer Aesthetic Research Institute, mm-hmm. and it came up with a utopian scholastic. Yep, as a, uh, a tag for this style of art uh, that the cover art is aping, and like this album is very much going towards that aesthetic. So it, it's. Yeah, I, I I like the album too. There, there's a lot of variation in the tracks. It's it's mm-hmm. not as consistent. Like track three is breakbeat. Like yes. I was really curious about that, so I went on a. There's a website you can upload an MP3 to, and uh, it'll tell you the beats per minute. And mm-hmm. so this is 129 beats per minute. Uh, mm, so modest. Yeah, well, it's breakbeat and not drum and bass. That's the difference. Drum and bass is like. Over like more like 150 beats per minute or more. So break okay. it's like 130. So just to be pedantic about it. <laughs> Logic growing my genres. Oh no. <laughs> but yeah, so I thought though that right off the bat, the opening track felt mm-hmm. way less like brand advertising. Mm-hmm. One thing I liked about track one and it shows up a lot are these like mm-hmm. bit crushed beats uh in them. A little which, bit, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I like a good bit crushed sound uh not too much but like a little bit adds a little bit of Mm -hmm. spice yeah and the track two is is sort of interesting office zen garden Mm -hmm. where it starts off with all this um some sort of alternative percussion like a xylophone or something Mm -hmm. or some synth batch and kind of becomes more and more hustle bustle and busier and then there's like crowd sounds and people murmuring yeah again more that field recording yeah yeah Yeah, and then it fades out into just like zen garden and like (laughs) I called it Sims piano, like Maxis Sim City oh, type piano. Yeah. Oh my that's, god. That's kind of what I associate that. That's yeah. Sort of yeah. Stuff with. Oh, that that's perfect. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then, like you said, track three is like I didn't really think of it as breakbeat, but it is like a funky club song almost. Yeah. 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 Definitely EDM kind of music. I really like the little like synth vocal chorus that comes in towards the end. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Track four we talked about, but I, I didn't know if you had any additional thoughts on that. Yeah, it was very inquisitive, kind of like mm. uh, and get more of those beat crust bits. I like the hissy, steamy kind of stuff coming in later towards the end of the song. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it gets harsher. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Very nice. Yeah, there's a lot of progression per track. 
in, mm-hmm. in this album. I think because so the tracks are slightly longer than on yours, so they they explore more ideas. Yeah, then moves into track five, Dawn, which sounds like very ambient. Mm-hmm. Like it really opens up with like these big wide voicings. It's very new age. Uh, yes, new yeah. age is a good word for it. Just mm-hmm. all kinds of auxiliary instrumentation. Yeah. Which is something um, when I get through the, the quick track descriptions, I'll, I'll talk about on, on really on both of these. It's also kind of like this track reminded me of like in the 80s and 90s, how like it was there's very much a, a fad or a trend of of executives and, you know, business people being mm-hmm. really like, oh, Japan knows everything. They and like trying to blend the the office with the mysticism of the East, that level yeah. of like 80s and 90s racism um, talking about like, ooh. And so like they would always have this music like you know, the joke was the, the, uh, uh, CEO with like some katanas and like calligraphy in his office. And so he was trying to be very meditative and, and reading about Zen and, and all this other bullshit. And, uh, mm-hmm. that anytime, whenever you needed music, there would be like this kind of sound to it, I think. So, yeah. Yeah. I, th- I think that's right. That totally makes sense. Uh, Going back to the tower we talked about, it sounds like the music that would play when the CEO is going in his song. Oh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I think then we moved to track six, which I, I want to say is probably my favorite track on the album. Mm-hmm. Dirty synth bass patches, a lot of variety. It's seven mm-hmm. minutes. So it has a lot of room to explore a bunch of different ideas. Mm-hmm. There's all kinds of little, little synth leads, horns, all kinds of transitions between different parts. So I'm actually going to play a quick sample from about four and a half minutes in. these horns and then like the mm-hmm. synth and then this just grimy pocket beat going on, I guess is how I describe it. Yeah. It's, it's I call it corporate jazz fusion. Like yeah. it's uh-huh. very into it. Yeah. Very, very into this type of stuff. For some reason, it reminded me of the soundtrack for the Nickelodeon show legend of the hidden temple, but maybe because okay. I, I watched too much of that. Uh, <laughs> you did have a period where you watched too much of it. I but. did watch too, too much of it, but it, I don't know. It was, it did. Yeah. It, it, corporate fusion jazz is a really good term for it too. Yeah. It, uh, very similar though. I, I can see what you're saying. Cause the, the synth lead patch does sound very similar. Mm-hmm. I, I totally get that. I don't think, I don't think you're being unreasonable at all in that comparison. There's an interesting over like, Venn diagram between corporate office music and like educational PBS Nickelodeon kind of music for kids. Yeah. Just all inoffensive. And yeah. Cheap. Yeah, exactly. Inoffensive, cheap, instrumental and positive. Like that's mm-hmm. sort of like, I think the key word is you have to be, can't be a downer. It can't be too complex. Can't make you think too much. So there, there's a big over. Yeah. Overlay between the two. Yeah. I agree. And and that brings us into track seven, 
mm-hmm. which I thought has an associated video with it, mm-hmm. which is a lot of like 3D imagery of the time. Oh, yeah. Like like 90s level uh, mm-hmm. uh, 3D. So very, very good stuff. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Wild imagery, though, like really gets really like, yeah, the artist is having fun with like pyramids and robot dinosaurs mm-hmm. and shit like that. Like, yeah. Pretty crazy stuff. <laughs> yeah, it is more like Encarta, early Civ three type <laughs> pyramids and stuff. Yeah. And the the music itself has like really a little bit of everything. Like they kind of really go nuts with all the auxiliary sounds. Mm-hmm. And that kind of brings me to one thing that I think is really essential for capturing that kind of 90s um, soundscape or what, what leads that feel so much is that it was an era of like intense synth experimentation mm-hmm. and it had really moved. I think uh, this is just conjecturing started to move from, you know, you have to kind of design everything yourself to prepackaged, right? You get, I think in like early nineties, 91, 92 was probably when I got some little one and a half octave Casio keyboard <laughs> that had a bunch of sounds and a bunch of little, mm-hmm. four little drum pads and stuff. I, I feel like there's just this uh, got incredibly easy and cheap to experiment with all these sounds, all these prepackaged sounds. What can you do with them? Mm-hmm. And I think capturing that sort of vibe by having just a very eclectic choice of voicings and sounds is like one of the most important parts to getting that nineties sonic soundscape that I think some other, other work misses. Yeah. And that yeah. no one really knew what sounded good or what people would like. Yeah, that's true. I think it, that, that that's the, the key word or the key phrase there is that, uh, People hadn't figured it out yet. Like they didn't, they didn't know what sounded good. Yeah. So it's all good. It doesn't matter. Like it's all cheap. They make the, this kind of music on a very extreme budget, uh, both in time and money. So they just got to crank it out and, and throw it out there. And the business people who are using it don't know any better and don't care. Cause as long as it sounds positive, it's fine. But like mm-hmm. as time goes on, people want more sophisticated, more complex music or, or better sounding music. Yeah. That's why music today sounds well, you know, on YouTube, every every big streamer has that streamer safe music. So like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah, that could be a future episode of streamer safe music. And the sounds of that, that's that's more cursed than haunted, though. Um, <laughs> that's true. Yeah, that's true. But yeah, this kind of culmination of all the previous tracks, though, on this album, I felt like it had a little bit of everything in that sense. At least I don't know. Well, I think that's right. Yeah. Um, but yeah, a very good album. It would be really fun to like in any kind of vaporwave mix to just mix a couple tracks in, uh, from these two albums here and there mm-hmm. is really good counterpoint to like, you know, late night lo-fi music or, or classic or hypnagogic, um, just to be peppy and like vacuous, but also like you're in on the joke. Yeah. I don't know. It's a music that reflects our reality. Thanks so much for listening to this episode. We had a lot of fun doing it. 
And I hope we're all at least (laughs) 7.5% more productive as a result of listening to these two albums. I I hope that's our milestone for this quarter. Uh, I hope we can reach that. So we, we should synergize some paradigms. Yeah, I need to I need to update my business lingo too. That's so that's an old <laughs> phrase. But uh yeah, thanks for listening. Our next episode, we're gonna continue on this business journey a little bit. We're going to go into Utopian Virtual, which is that's right. a uh sounds very similar in some ways to Office Soft, but in some way we'll find out how it's similar and how it's different. So we are very grateful for everyone who's listening. Please don't forget we have a Patreon. We just did an episode on late night lo-fi as a genre and talked about that uh, on the Patreon. We have you know quite a few other episodes for us to listen to. We also have a Discord for our members uh, to talk and share links. And it's it's very good. It's a great community. It is a great community. And if you want to reach us, we are at Night Clerk Radio on Twitter. I am at Ross Payton, and Burke is at Burke McBurkinson. We have a Facebook page that exists, and if I whenever I remember to post links to new episodes, I put it on there. But don't forget, we are on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and all the other podcasting apps of choice. Please rate and review us and tell your friends, tell your family, tell all your business associates and colleagues. You'll impress your boss by (laughs) saying, here, here's some productive music to listen to. They'll definitely give you that raise. Yeah. (laughs) That is (laughs) absolutely correct. (laughs) We'll talk to you all later. Bye. Bye.